0: Jared, what's the craziest thing you've put in a microwave? And be honest here. When you were 15 years old, 16 years old,
1: I was into sticking things in the microwave. I didn't do much of that. I have thought about sticking things in a microwave, but I've never actually done it. What did you do?
0: Dude, we had a microwave in our high school cafeteria that was not part of like the main cafeteria that got locked up. Because they had it available for kids to, like, heat their lunch up outside of lunch hours. Okay. And so that thing just got, like, so much stuff jammed in it and turned on. (laughs) Tell me more. (laughs) Well, I don't really remember, but just, like, all kinds of things. The coolest thing that I've ever seen was getting a full-size chip bag, and, like, with the chips out of it, and you put it in, like, you kind of flatten it all out, and you put the chip bag in, and you turn it on, and it, like... Shrinks the chip bag to like a teeny little like postage stamp and it's all perfectly proportionate and you can still like read the lays logo and everything. It's so crazy. You're kidding. I'm not kidding. Well, let's be serious. It wouldn't have been plain lays. It would have been uh, Doritos Cool Ranch. But yes. (laughs) That is priceless. So it's like a honey, I shrunk the kids moment. It was totally honey, I shrunk the kids. It made it like a super machine. (laughs) And then the other hilarious thing to do this is going back to 15 is it someone would put their lunch in there and then um you'd like grab the guy or have someone grab the guy and then you just like heat it up for like 10 minutes or something (laughs) (laughs) do not let go of the guy (laughs) oh that's awesome guys pizza just (laughs) disintegrated
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: too good so mean jer so mean
1: Welcome back to the Open Road Podcast. I'm
0: Jeremy. And I'm Calvin, culinary experts of the microwave world. Like, what are we here on this podcast to do? We're, uh, I think we're here to share some stories, share some adventures, helpful tips, bring guests of the world into our little underarm, and then just show them, hey, who are these guys?
1: You know what I really like about today's episode? Tell me. It was that like two weeks ago or like two episodes ago or something, we um, almost made fun of or became, not made fun of, we were really curious about the types of people that wear like cologne and we wanted to like, we were like, we don't know anything about the world of cologne and scents and no. masculinity and how it all blends together in one beautiful soup.
0: Okay, you and I then afterwards discussed like, yes, what is with guys that wear cologne and why don't we wear cologne and what are the smells so we got an expert on
1: and i feel as though this conversation was fantastic you know we didn't talk actually too much about cologne but we talked a good bit about shaving and men's grooming and i have to admit this was this is such a fun conversation
0: i'm glad you found it fun because you literally don't shave so it doesn't (laughs) even apply to you (laughs) it's a completely irrelevant conversation in total
1: (laughs) Yeah, but you know, there's just people out there who do, so I just want to bring this to the people, you know? Dude, you're still on November from last year. So I, anytime November comes around, it's like the marker in my life where I'm like, I'm going to try something or at least like do a marker to see how much facial hair I can grow. So I shaved on Saturday, no, Friday, Friday or Saturday because I was at a wedding, so I wanted to look crisp. But I'm going to leave it until I have like a client meeting and I'm going to see how we do. Okay, well, like, how long is that going to be? Like, a week? Well, maybe a week or two, but I'm getting a week's head start on it, and I don't have any meetings the first week of November. So I think I'm going to be able to get at least a solid two weeks, and I don't know if I've ever done that. So it's going to be pretty good.
0: What kind of guy is this that doesn't have meetings the first week of November? Dude, go make some meetings.
1: Well, see, that's the thing. All right, get after it. I'm in this balance of what's more important, sales meetings or my mustache. You're right, right now...
0: The mustache is more important.
1: I've never been able to do this in my life. I can sell any sales old
0: day. can wait. <laughs> There's always gonna be another sale. All right, quit there chasing it. A,
1: there will always be another prospect to bombard with emails right? and phone calls, <laughs> and woo with a nice <laughs> se- a new scent. That just
0: adds one more thing into your like reason why you didn't get the sale. Dang it! That's the...
1: <laughs> well, and it's one of those. What things What if that I just had try, the scent like... wrong? Maybe I maybe could this help me get the sale? I've never tried to use it to my advantage either. So that can really
0: work your mental game, right? Like, if this is something that's you put on almost like a good luck charm, you add this onto your body, and then you think things happen because of the cologne
1: because of the cologne, because of the scent. Mm-hmm. And that's because the thing the that scent. I actually find kind of cool about this conversation. Where even uh, when Doug talks about, I mean, we'll get into it, but there's so many different. Sense out there and just like figuring out what what smells good and what smells nice and what's just the right amount versus what's overpowering like if Mm -hmm. i actually knew all of that i would probably smell better and smell like whoa that's guys fresh you know
0: well dude you know what and this is a good time in our life to figure this out because there's no one more honest about the way we smell than our wives and they will be the first to detect whoa chill with the cologne you're right. Which I got that totally this weekend. Right. I got a chill with the cologne this weekend. You did, eh? After our conversation, yeah, I really went after
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> I went too hard. All right. All right. Well, let's let's pick up that story after our interview because I think that's a, that'll be a good place to pick up. But uh, today we're talking with Doug, and he's from Phoenix Shaving, and he's got a lot of interesting stuff to say. And uh, I think you're gonna really enjoy this conversation. We're excited to have you on the show today. I think we have uh, lots to talk about. You are a uh, men's grooming expert?
2: Something like that. I'm a kind of a traditional wet shaving uh, software slash hardware developer. At least that's what it says on my business card.
1: <laughs> Very interesting. That's so good. So why don't you even just start by telling us what the heck is wet shaving? Well, tr- traditional wet shaving
2: involves a shave soap a brush, a shaving brush, to apply the lather that you're gonna build on your own. And uh, using either a safety razor, a double-edged safety razor, or a straight razor. Or you could actually, and there's also single edge uh, safety razors as well, that take a blade similar to what you would scrape paint off the wall with. <laughs> a safety razor is, well, that's the original, well, one of the original shaving razors from probably about a hundred years ago, invented by Gillette himself. Uh, yeah, King, King C. Gillette invented the safety razor a uh, little over 100 years ago now. And um, he was just trying to you know, make it easier for men to shave at home rather than go see a barber every time mm. you do the shave. And it, right, right, right. He take, Is that you know, what it,
1: used to happen every time? What's that? That they would go to a barber to get a shave every time.
2: You, you, well, you would go to the barber or you'd have to know yourself how to use a straight razor. Right, right. It's like anything else. If you don't know how to do it, you're not going to learn how to do it. You know. So, I mean, a lot of guys had beards back then because of that. And the only time they ever saw a shave was when they went to the barber.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Interesting.
0: Pretty primitive. Like, we haven't come that far as far as, like, shaving technology. If you think about what it is in a 100 years. They got it
2: right the first time, as far as I'm concerned. It's like the tin can. Got it right the first time. You can't really improve upon the tin can. And same thing with shaving. I mean, you're just, you know, taking hair off your face. I mean, what what else? And I've seen, like, prototypes for laser shavers and stuff like that, but you don't need it. Yes. In fact, Right. All the improve, improvements—I'm using air quotes here—when I say that are, really aren't improvements at all. They're really just for, to make more money. Is what it all comes down to at the end of the day. Right. Because you know the cartridge. Yeah. Are so them.
0: what are we sacrificing? Like, is it sacrificing quality and convenience for you know something different?
2: Uh, well, you're, you're sacrificing In your In terms face. of advancing. <laughs> you're sacrificing, right. your, I mean, you get a better shape with a, a traditional, using traditional methods, using one blade. Every time you drag one blade across your face, you take off a layer of skin. So now you look at these multi-blade cartridges that have like eight blades on them or seven blades or however right. many they're up to now. So every time you drag it across your face once, you're taking off layers upon layers upon layers of skin. So most men nowadays think they have sensitive skin. We're in all actuality, we've uh, just been giving it to ourselves for, for years now uh, by using inferior products, like multi-blade cartridges and sh- soap in a can, which is loaded with pro- right. propellants and God knows what else that you don't need on your face. It has no business being on yeah, your yeah, face. Yeah. So again, and the reason why this was invented was because Gillette was losing its patents by early 1970s, well, 71. They were losing their patents, so they came up with a multi-blade cartridge, which made them overnight from a multi-million dollar company to a multi-billion dollar company, because no one was ready for that. And uh, again, it was right, just, it, that's right. the only reason why this concept was introduced, so they could have new patents on these things. So it was them and Wilkinson's sword, and like, I believe it was 1971. Uh, so it wasn't, and before that, actually, there were no products for razor burn, razor bump, any of that stuff. You only see that after huh. the 70s. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it created that problem, That's too. very interesting. It's a, I call it the cartridge razor conspiracy. But in fact, what they were doing at the same Ooh, time... They, the, I like that. The double-edged blades they were selling at that time, they were selling them duller, so people would make the switch over to the cartridge razors too to, to help with you know, selling that to the population. But yeah, it really it was something else because uh, it's nothing like a double-edged blade. A double-edged blade not only, I think, lasts longer and is better for your skin, it's also cheaper. You know? So it's not only better for your face, it's better mm. for your wallet. It's also better for the planet because there's no plastic involved. But I mean, you can get 100 double-edged blades between $9 and $15, whereas cartridge raises, what is it, four for 28 bucks or something like that? Unless you're in the dollar ship right. or whatever, that dollar club, right? However, my whole argument with there is, well, who cares if you're saving money when you're using an inferior product that's actually hurting you in the long run?
1: You've gone all in here, so what was the kind of catalyst for you?
2: I did a lot of drugs in the 90s. Early puberty. <laughs> no, no. Um, what got me into it was, I. well, I grew up, my, my father would use a, a safety razor on the weekends. He, you know, because this... Another thing about using a safety razor is up until this point when you're hearing this, you know, you're like, really? Is he talking about shaving? Shaving. Oh, my God. It's just another chore. Something I have to rush right. through in the morning. Well, once you start experimenting with using safety razors and traditional methods here, it becomes a soothing time-to-yourself experience. I've heard people compare it to like the Zen green tea ceremony. It's that meditative right. of an experience. So, um, mm. I mean, you're using hot lather. I mean, it's just it's really, once you once you try it, there's no turning back. So... I would watch my father do this on the weekends. It was this really relaxing thing for him to do. I'd pull up the stool next to the sink, stand on there, and he would give me uh, another safety razor without a blade in it, of course. And uh, he'd lather me up and show me how to do it. So I I learned when I was little, for the most part, and it's always stuck with me. And I got back into it later. Don't get me wrong. I did use multi-blade razors in college and whatnot. Uh, And, you know, another thing about that is you don't know when to stop using those things. Like, you should probably only use a cartridge razor, probably four or five shaves and toss it out. But you're in college, you're broke, you're waiting for Christmas to come so your grandmother can give you a pack of them in the stocking, you know, and you make them last right. as long as you possibly can. But these things are now disease. they're duller than they should be, and you're still scraping it across your face. Like, you're, I'm telling you, you're hurting yourself using these things. <laughs> um, so after it took me, but I eventually made the switch back to the uh, puck of soap and the brush and I was like, you know what? I have my dad's razor somewhere. So I was looking for that. And it just all clicked all of a sudden. And I got back into it. But it started with the brush and the soap for a few years before I actually picked up a safety razor again. Right, and I think right. It's with the You know, it's with the popularity of the internet, too, over the last 10 years, where everyone now is online doing everything. Even, you know, homeless people on the street have an email address. Um, so, like, it's easier now to find blades and find razors and find all these things again. But for a while, you couldn't find them anywhere. Even now, you go to the stores and you're only seeing things here and there pop up. Like, I could say shaving yeah, brush. Yeah, I, I've
1: he, never seen a place to buy anything like what exactly,
2: you're Exactly, exactly. I mean, well, you'll, they, you'll see the micro touch, the guy from the, uh, what is it, Pawn Stars. He's selling a razor now in some of the stores. So you see the safety razors popping up here and there. I know when I say shaving brush, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about now. Like, it, it's out there in the right. con- It's become people becoming more aware of these things, but they still haven't broken into the mainstream yet. And that's, that's what I'm here to do.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like you get it a little bit when you go to a pretty high end barber for a bachelor party haircut and you get the shave on your neck or whatever.
2: Yeah. They sometimes use a shave that, which looks like a straight razor. In fact, they might call it a straight razor, but it's not a straight razor. Uh, What is it? It's, well, it's it's like, it's if a straight razor and a safety razor made a baby together, that's what it is, because it takes disposable <laughs> blades. Like, there are little, like, DE blades that you put in there. Yeah, yeah,
0: and then he pops them out yeah.
2: after. Yeah, I've seen those. So, yeah. that, but they call it a straight razor shave, and it's not. It's not. A straight razor, you right. be actually using a straight razor that you have to get sharpened every now and then, or sharpen it yourself, and hone it on a strop. Right, right. Or strop right. it and hone it. But, um, yeah. But, I mean, only because bar- in certain states have different laws, so they have to either replace the blades or sterilize okay. the razor in between usage yeah. so different thing different states call for different things when it comes to barbering but i just mm. i like to call the barbers on their on their on that when they they say they, they use a straight razor i'm like yeah show me your straight razor yes. and i'll show yes. you mine yeah, but, <laughs> and, <laughs> That's
1: funny. and things so, get weird Doug, run <laughs> us
0: through um run us through kind of your inventory of products that you're into and that you're you're making
1: Oh, geez. Yeah, because you've taken this passion and you've actually turned it into a driving yeah. business. So you kind of brought us to the point where, oh, here's how I got into it again. But now you are like fully doing this and making your living doing it. I'm yeah. assuming. I'm hoping you're making a living. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. I am making my living doing it. Uh, since 2012, we've been in business. But I mean, this all begins, if you really want to go back. So um, We do. About, yeah, okay. So 2000. 2007, 2008, I went to Costa Rica and fell in love with the place. And I was like, you know, I was with a buddy. And I was like, hey, man, we're going to move here. He's like, what do you mean we move here? I was like, we just got to move here. We're going to come down here. You know, we'll save up some money, come down here and live off the land or whatever. And he was like, okay, yeah, totally. Well, like anything else, he was lying. And, uh, but I, I wasn't, I was really serious. And I saved up the entire time I was back. And eight months later, I moved to Central America, uh, now, mind you, I was in two popular, two successful bands at the time, so I had a great job and whatnot. But I just packed up everything, <laughs> put it in storage, and left the country. Uh, went to what Costa- kind of music? Oh, all different types. I mean, I was a pretty much a studio musician at the time. I was in a, like a, I guess you'd say, an indie band, and the other band was like an Afrobeat type band. But um,
1: cool. Hmm. Yeah,
2: but I just got up and left, and people, you know, to the point where people thought I was having a breakdown. They're like, "You're going to Costa Rica?" and you don't speak <laughs> right, Spanish, like something's wrong. do you know anybody? Yeah. And I was like, no, I don't know anybody. I don't know the language. We're going to make it happen. My goal was to live in a hammock in the jungle, you know, in the rainforest down there on a beach somewhere, which is what I did. Uh, I did that for uh, about four years. But while I was down there, I was getting bit by sand fleas in between the hours of like 5 and 6 p.m. every day. So I, I couldn't find anything like Afterbite, you know, the Afterbite solution you'd put on your... Yeah, when yeah, it yeah. Bites and, uh, and it gets, you know, stuff gets infected down there. It is it's the rainforest. If something can grow on you, it will. It wants to. Yeah. So I, I created my own thing. I was calling it Itch No Mas as a joke. But uh came up with nice. this, this nice. solution. and. uh it became so popular with all the locals down there, like knocking on my tent flap, trying to get some. So I was doling <laughs> it out, and I was like, you know, if I ever make it back to the states, I'm going to sell ichnomaas down here. I'm going to ship it down here and sell it. And that's exactly what happened. Four years later, I was back in the states, and I was sending it down there to Costa Rica, and it was doing it was doing so well. I created another product called stinknomaas, and stinknomaas was an emergency deodorant slash insect repellent. So as you sweat, it would repel bugs as well, and that actually was more popular with the tourists than uh, ichnomaas because moss.
1: bugs like the sweat, right?
2: Oh, well, the essential oils that I was using inside the deodorant were ones that were known to uh, ward off different insects and bugs. So as you sweat, oh, okay. it heated yeah. it up and released it like a potpourri when you put it on, over a flame. It you know, heats it up and releases it into the air. Now your body right, is right. serving it, the job you know, as, the, as the flame, and you're heating it up and uh, emitting this scent that is you know turning the bugs off. So that was more popular. It was also the size of like a chapstick tube, so it really was easy to travel with, too.
1: Cool.
2: It took off. The only problem is I was losing profits in shipping costs. So I was like, you know what? I need to figure out how to do this up here. And so what I did was start right. working on my own deodorants up here, deodorant line, and mustache waxes. And this is back when I was early enough in the game where mustache, where you actually made money off a of mustache wax, and that was that became my bread and butter. And in that time, I was uh, searching for domain names, and I found that no one owned howtogrowmustache.com. So I was like, man, I gotta, cool. I gotta start a blog. And so I, I bought the domain name, created howtogrowmustache.com, and. Uh, my goal was just to sell ad space because I had a lot of friends I was meeting in Central America that were just living on the beach but they, they all had blogs and they were selling ad space and that's what they did for a living. And I was right. sure. want something like right. that. So, uh, so I was you know aiming to do the same thing but the thing is, selling ad space, it was like I could sell ad space for other people's products or I could just create my own products. I mean, it is a mustache blog so mm. I'll just sell my own mustache wax on here and it, and it just became one thing after another and with all the traffic right. I was getting, I was making 100% of the profit instead of a percentage of it and it just kept flipping over and over and over and then I was like, you know, I can only turn this into something else, and my girlfriend at the time she was um, making shaving soap. And, oh, she was making body soap, and we were both getting into shaving soap because she knew I was a traditional shaver by this point. And um, yep. so she started doing that with her products, and she was on Etsy. This is you know, we came, when I came back from Central America, I came into I came back to the Etsy world where all these things yeah, were yeah, possible right. now right. for the first right. time that weren't. You know, so and I was ready for Etsy like 15 years ago. So by the time I got back, I was like, okay, we can do this. And uh, then I started creating my own uh, shaving soaps and selling that on my site, and that immediately blew up, because I put it inside a large format, like CD size 10, where you had more surface area for the brush, so you just do one swirl around with the brush, yeah, right. and it lo- you could just load it up on your face, it was just amazing, and that like blew minds in the shaving world, they just they hadn't seen anything like this, and I wasn't even in the shaving world at that time, I was more like in the grooming, and the competitive, uh, growing right. world, so like yeah. suddenly the, this outlier is popping in on their scene, and they're like, oh my god, what's this, and so we just blew up like overnight blew up. And then there was some backlash because again, you know, I am a new guy on the scene, but for the most part, that's how it started. It was
1: really just, what was the backlash?
2: Well, there's a lot of backlash. I mean, again, because people, this guy has a beard. Yeah. There is that too. Now that I do have a beard sometimes, but you know, as you can see, it's a well-shaped beard. It takes shaving to, to release the beast. But, uh, backlash comes from you know being the new guy there suddenly selling something different that not everyone's used to using or what's he up to I also used a pen name uh, you know I, 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 everything you could do wrong with starting a budding business I did wrong I actually interviewed myself too so I mean there were some dorky lame things that I did that you know also, yeah, yeah. but to be honest with you with you I'm coming out of like the music world, where guerrilla marketing is what you do and what you have to do, of course. And so, but it right. just doesn't apply online. Online, there's certain rules that they don't tell you about. Uh, you know, for for an example, uh, back in my band, back in the day, I used to drop off CDs at our, you know local music stores and whatnot. Of and course. then uh, within that week, I'd send friends in, fr- send friends in with money to buy our CD up. And so they buy it out of the stores, and then you know yeah, yeah, yeah. I come in and check on the, our album. Hey, how's our album doing? Oh, it's doing great, man. So I've been recommending it all week because it's flying off the shelves. I'm like, oh, well, I got more for you, and I give them back the same ones that my friends just bought, and uh, you know stuff like that. So like you're you're, you're gaining yeah, yeah. assistance to a certain extent, but.
1: and then he starts recommending it oh have you checked this out it's flying off the exactly but
2: the thing is you've got to believe
1: and know that you're doing a quality product
2: or you know know that your band kicks ass in order to do that for order it to work it's not like i'm selling snake oil here so with that in mind i approached this and uh so there was backlash when that came out but other than that i mean we've just been we've been we've been killing it for the last few years and i'm you know really grateful to do what i do it's 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 been mind-blowing. I've learned so much, and especially in regards to the history of shaving, which again sure. sounds right. kind of silly hearing myself say it out loud. But I'm telling you, it's really, it's really flippin' interesting when you get down to the, you know, well, nuts yeah. and bolts of it all. Like, well, it's
1: well even as you say, like, hey, Mr. Gillette is yeah. a guy who like originated. I'm like, wow, that is really interesting. And King, his the name was King. Is not something. His who name names is what? a kid?
2: Who names a kid King? His first name was King. King.
1: King, King C. Gillette. Gil- Gillette. I, yeah. I thought I heard you say that earlier, and I didn't know if that was just, like, you paying homage to it. <laughs> yeah. No. No. So, but, but, so, in that world, though, and as I think about it, you have the monsters like uh, Gillette and, I mean, who's the other one? That's big, big Razor. Chick and all of these things. And now you have, you already mentioned it, like, Dollar Shave Club and Harry's coming onto the scene. And I imagine, and I've actually seen... Gillette respond with a, some different products to try to combat that. I think I've seen that. Oh, you so have. to me it is this world that is totally ripe for these big guys to be kind of taken down and so like where do you find yourself amidst the shave wars because that's a very real thing and it sounds as though they also have a crap product. It does
2: and they're, they're trying to keep us out of there. You know, For example uh, Gillette was interviewed a few years back and they were bitching and moaning about the beard craze. The beards, you know, they're losing profits because of this beard phenomenon. Right, right, right. You know, they keep talking about the beards over and over again. They never once mention traditional wet shaving and how it's coming back. And that's what's really hurting them. But as soon as they mention it, people are going to take notice of it. So it's very keen on their behalf to not mention it at all and make it a beard thing. But the beard thing comes right, it's a byproduct of using Gillette cartridge razors, you know, people hate to shave. People they think they have sensitive skin from all this damage they've been doing. That's where the beard thing comes from. So when this traditional mm-hmm. shaving does come back in, when people do become aware of it, thanks to shows like this, it's going to catch on like wildfire because it is nothing like it on the planet. It's so it's like getting a massage. Yeah, you know I mean, it really is. It's the most soothing thing you can do to yourself that I can think of uh, in a PJ well, kind of way.
1: So. So this is really interesting for me to hear. I am someone who, I don't know if you can tell, but I have very, very little facial hair. And so for me, I was always like, oh, like when I was in university, I literally went and bought like a $2 bag of 30 like <laughs> tiny, the worst yeah, the, possible the plastic Bix. razors. Yeah. And literally I would use one for multiple weeks, and I didn't even ever go through an entire bag. And there was recently like a free Harry's promotion on. So I was like, oh, I'll definitely get a free Harry's thing. And I... I have paid zero times for new blades because they last me so long. And I'm like, oh, this feels good. And the time I do put a new blade on, I'm like, oh, this shave is so smooth and my skin feels great. Um, But now what you're telling me is that there's even a better feeling out there, even for a guy like me who has next to no facial hair.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I highly recommend picking up a safety razor. And the thing is, this is the thing. You can go on eBay and find a Gillette safety razor from 75 years ago that'll shave just as good today as it did when it came off the assembly line 75 years ago. These things were built to last. These are heirloom pieces you can pass down. Like You want to talk about eco-friendly and green? Nothing beats a safety razor. There's no plastic involved here. So yeah, I highly mm-hmm. recommend you go online after we, we talk here and, and pick up one. You, know, you can get them real cheap too at an antique shop as well, but they're going to shave like nobody's business and pick up a pack of blades. Uh, I highly recommend a sampler pack of blades as opposed to finding one brand just because hmm. there are thousands of uh, DE br- uh, blade brands out there because though we stopped using them, the rest of the world kept using them. Only now is a lot of these countries hmm. picking up cartridge razors and multi-blade razors, but they've been... Keeping the right. been, yeah, been keeping the torch burning in regards to right. Uh, well, yeah, well, they're still making them. Yeah, there's no other use for yeah. them. and so there's thousands. Thousands out. I'll say hundreds, actually. But uh, So you need to find a, a brand that works for your face because not all blades are created equal. So it's about finding one that works for your face and finding the razor to That See, this is it. You can finally customize the shape to your face because it's all these different components involved now. The soap you're using, the right. brush you're using, which razor you choose to use, and which brand of blade you use as well. So you can really fine-tune it. It's not one-size-fits-all like they're trying to sell you, and they've been trying to sell us for you know, the last 40 years now. And then there's the aftershaves. Too. I mean it's like it's almost like alchemy. There's so many different parts of the shave. And when you finally get done, you slap the aftershave on. It's just like, "Oh, yeah." And there's so many different scents. Some are mentholated, some right, are not. Right. I mean, it's really just like it's time to yourself that really just it, it blows your mind every morning or night. Well, well,
1: well, this is now this is now a great place for you to share with us a little bit more about what you sent to us. You were Very generous and gracious and sent us a bunch of stuff. We got it in the mail Uh, just this past week. There was some deodorant, some aftershave, and some other uh, cologne scents that were in there, some samples. So why don't you walk us through uh, what you gave to us and and how we should use it?
2: (laughs) I honestly don't remember what I sent to you, Jeremy. I know there was a – there was you told me you didn't shave. So I think I didn't send you any shaving products. I sent you maybe a deodorant.
1: Yeah, you gave me a deodorant, but you did give me like a glass bottle that I think aftershave. is aftershave and cologne. Yeah. yeah, that's the aftershave. Yeah, aftershave, yeah. cologne. And that's yeah. another
2: thing that we do a little bit differently than everyone else. Rather than So uh, tell us about that. Okay, rather than just an aftershave, like a traditional aftershave. See, historically, aftershave was necessary because back in the day, barbers were killing people. Not intentionally, but like little nicks and cuts would get infected. Uh, yeah. In, yeah. Um, let's see. Um, Henry Thoreau, who wrote Walden Pond, his brother actually died of that, had uh, some type of infection on his face from a, a barbershop
0: shave, and he ended up dying. So went in to get a shave, got infected, and died. Yeah, and that's actually so what they're dro- using that as a sterilizer. Yeah, it's an antiseptic. So you needed something to... Anti- no Yeah, way. so that
2: was the primary reason of using an aftershave. It had nothing to do with fragrance or scent. Huh. That's an afterthought. Interesting. But that's what they had to do. Right. And uh, so that's what it's born out of. However, nowadays, we're a little more clean. and uh, But they are still important to use. And now, but you, since you're doing it at home, it's less likely you're going to pick up something. But again, I still highly right. recommend an aftershave. Uh, with our aftershaves, though, not only are they you know giving you all that skin food and uh, mm-hmm. antiseptic qualities, but it's also has the staying power of like Barry White, like all day long. Scent. So you don't need to <laughs> cologne after that. You know,
0: exactly. Right. I use some of the stuff that Doug sent. Uh, my only other experience with the aftershave was that, or is that nasty little uh, green bottle of Brut. Oh, yeah. and it is just like so insanely powerful. Yeah. And so to have an actual like nice smooth smelling, like my, like attractive smell was like a whoa, yeah. all the world. Yeah. That is. And you, and you have it on the bottle. They're like, this is also a cologne. Yeah. It's a two in one. And a lot of, a lot
2: of, not a lot of people do that because yeah. people often go, well, why do I want to pay 20 bucks or 25 bucks for an aftershave? I can get one for five, you know, or 10. It's like, well, it's not only an aftershave, it's also a cologne. And how, how much do you yes. typically pay? For a cologne, so the way I see it, you're getting a deal. But when it comes to Brut, Brut is a classic. It's a you know it's a pharmacy, uh, dime store type classic. So people still do right. like Brut. Uh, it's a fougere too, which is a traditional fragrance. And it was originally a cologne back in the day when it first was created. It was a cologne. Then they watered it down to the aftershave that you now know and and, and okay. love. Listerine actually was started off as an aftershave, and then suddenly turned into a mouthwash, and
1: and people started tasting it. They <laughs> yeah. kind of liked it. And... Yeah,
2: it, it happens. Aqua Velva, the same thing. Aqua Velva actually started off as an aftershave. No, I'm sorry, a mouthwash and then turned into an aftershave. And it's another thing. Yeah, people were drinking during the Second World War. Guys were getting drunk off of it. They couldn't get liquor over in the trenches, so they were drinking their Aqua Velva. The reason why it's blue now is because they, they put some uh, you know something in it to make you sick, so you Prevent people from drinking it. But, um, yeah, you could drink it yeah, back yeah, in the day. Yeah. Now, so the, what I sent you, I believe, was it Atomic Age Bay Rum? Is that what it was? Yep. Okay, good. That's yep. right. Okay, that's it. So that's that's a Bay Rum. That's a classic uh, classic style scent and aftershave Bay Rum, which comes from the West Indies. However, I, I did a little bit of a spin with that where... Uh, Traditionally, it's loaded with clove. I take the clove out of that, and I barrel okay. age it instead. And when you ever you barrel age anything, it gives you different notes, subtle notes from the wood itself. And some of those notes are, have right, a clove right. type note to it. So I get away with adding a clove note, but not adding a clove note. Because if I was to add a real clove note using the essential oil or a fragrance oil, it might burn you. Any spicy notes okay. that you use in aftershave have the potential to burn you. So right. you, that's the last thing you want to put on freshly shaven skin. So I've tried to do away with that. And I've added a couple other different hmm. elements to it. But, yeah, so I've kind of made it my own. I wanted to add to the, the Bay Rum history, if you will, the Bay Rum story. Yeah, yeah. But That's really cool. But, yeah, when you use it the first time, you, you, you're going to slap it on and it's going to sting. And some people think something's wrong if it stings. Adverse shave is supposed to sting, guys. So don't think that there's anything right. wrong with it. I mean, if it stings you know, longer than a few seconds and your face turns red for longer than a few minutes, then you might be having a reaction to something. It's like, yeah, exactly. Right. But for the most part, that's what the guy, that's what, what a lot of us gravitate to is that sting. It's like, you know, humans, right. humans are weird. We gravitate to like hot sauce too. Where the rest of the animal kingdom right. licks that and goes, no, thank you, that's poison. We like gravitate to stuff like this. And it's the same thing with that attraction. to like, we that alcohol oh, 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 sting. Yeah, yeah, can I get more burn? And uh, it's the same thing with the apache slap
1: or splash. So when you also say that you have like a ba- you barrel age it like do you have this massive barrel full of this stuff like yeah, how I big do. are these
2: barrels? Uh, we're we I use I buy them off of breweries. I have a couple different size barrels, but yeah, I use it to age them. I have a whole so you have lab.
1: Bre- you have barrels just full of this stuff, and you tap it out into little bottles. do yeah. you do that all by hand, or do you have people who help you with that, or a line? Oh yeah, what?
2: I do have employees, but uh, but I mean I'm the master perfumer, so I'm in there doing most of of that stuff, the heavy lifting. Yeah, so what's the facility like, Doug? Uh, it's a lab. Well, it's a fulfillment center. There's offices, two offices. Currently, we just bought a new place we're about to move into. But um, it's a lab and a fulfillment center and a warehouse all okay. in one. It's not open to the public, but, um, you know, right. it's pretty much, it's, it, it's like a, I don't know, it's like a sci-fi laboratory.
0: Well, like, is this kind of, I mean, is this kind of your, because what's your background? Like getting into, like, you're not a chemist, right? Uh, not by trade, no, no. Right, but you are. Well,
2: actually, you know, it's a funny story. Uh, I made my first perfume, actually, when I was eight years old with my chemistry <laughs> set. My mom, you know, my, my folks got me a chemistry Brute set. Fruit and apple juice. Yeah, you no, know, and bombs, okay? So I made bombs, yeah. too. But, uh, yeah, I did have to make a perfume for my mother, which she still has. So I don't know what that says about the quality of it. But, um, yeah, so I was interested in this back then. So, I mean, the, the fact yeah, that was yeah. perfuming, it, it is very parallel. It's It runs parallel with a lot of, like... um. Uh, alcohol preparation or different making types of okay. alcohol or distilling. Okay, very interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, especially when you're creating your own essential oils and hydrosols, you're using a still just like as you would with moonshine or anything else. So, it's, it's right. So, a lot of that stuff crosses over. The only thing is, a lot of perfume, a lot of guys, artisans like me that started off a few years back never made that connection. Whereas I did. And I was like, wait a minute, I can also still listen to a barrel too and get some fragrance out of that. You know, so I I started to experiment with a lot of just thinking way outside the barrel, if you will. And, um, yeah, so there's that, but yeah, I'm pretty much self-taught when it comes to that. I've been studying perfumery for about probably the last seven years, like hardcore last seven years and, uh, brought a lot of, yeah, a lot of stuff to the artisan world in, in, in that regard.
1: Yeah, and like what have you done to develop your ability to smell, you know, like a sommelier would develop their ability to, to taste? Or is it just practice and smelling all kinds of different stuff? Yeah,
2: it really is. I mean, it is important to isolate different notes. If, it depends how,
1: I'm sure. how wide
2: of a palate you want. I mean, what I recommend is going to, you know, you can go to a health food store or a new age store and buy a little bottle of essential oil and just hang with one for a week. Like, I mean, really hang with it. Get some Q-tips, put a couple drops on each end of the Q-tip and then stick it in the vent of your car. So you're always immersed in it whenever you're driving somewhere. Okay. Keeps them around yeah. the house too. Uh, Put some on an index card with the name of what scent it is, like lavender. And so you're really living with the lavender for a week. It's like learning a language. You want to immerse yourself in any language, right, right. and that's what this is. And yep. like music is a language too. And we speak about perfuming in the same language you would use for music, like notes, scent cool. notes. Um, so yeah, it's the same. And you would do that over the course of a year if you hung with a different scent for a different, you know, for every week. You would build your palate, and you would possibly be able right. to isolate them some people are born with the gift of just isolating different notes as they are you know with perfect pitch as well but some people yep. it's relative where you just have to teach yourself and that's what I've been doing for years is just teaching myself
1: that's really cool
0: what are some of the what's the worst little blend you've come up with that you thought was <laughs> gonna be amazing and it just totally oh,
2: stayed well that can, you know it's funny how that works I call it gherkin because uh, I was um, trying to make this like, really soothing cucumber mentholated oh, yeah. after Shea Splash. So it would be like have that scent of cucumber, but like have the chill of menthol. But the thing is, yeah. it pickled it. The menthol, since it's an all, is an alcohol. So it had the same effect on the cucumber scent as it, you would be if you were pickling. So it turned it into right. like...
0: It's all vinegary. Pickled
2: smell. It smelled like a pickle. So I was calling it gherkin. That's amazing. Yeah, so stuff like that will happen. But I mean, like, it's a lot of trial and error because when you're blending scents well, yeah, together, you, like you have to let them sit together for a week. Before you finally, before they finally mix and mingle, and you get what you're looking for, and so you have to do a few right. different batches of that and get back to it. My nose is burnt out after the first hour of being at work. It's done, so I got to do all my blending. See, that was my next yeah. question. Yeah, yeah like, I was how, gonna ask how are your too. senses now? Yeah, you get sensitized real quick. So, and people are like, oh, just yeah. sniff some coffee. No, coffee beans don't work at this at this level. So. Uh, Right. I know that the first hour is when I need to get stuff done like that. But the thing is, I'm doing so many other things, too, you know, where it comes formulations with soap bases, uh, deodorants, uh, aftershave bombs, razor. I, I developed razors as well, modern safety razors, uh, scuttles. A scuttle is a device where you use, which you use to lather or create hot lather with. For example that's okay. like a bowl it's like a double jacketed bowl where there's a area yep. down below that yep. fills up with hot water the top doesn't but the bottom vessel keeps the top one hot so that's when you would build your lather. So in between lathering up, you put the brush back in there, and it keeps the lather hot. Yeah. So you're constantly reapplying hot lather onto your face using a scuttle. So that's another thing we huh. we develop and work on. Cool. Um, wow. And then I have shows. I have a, a show. In fact, if you like Wayne's World and like American Pickers or Antique Roadshow, we do a show called I'd Lather Be Shaving, which is like the combination of all those mashed together. Uh, I watched with a different challenges. Episodes. It's kind of ridiculous, in fact, but. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. It can, it can hurt your brain if you watch more than a few episodes, but we're in our second season now of that. And that's a lot of fun, that show. And people are really, it's just, it's creating an awareness around, uh, the history and just the, the concept yeah. of traditional shaving.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, that's really cool. Um, and one other thing that you're pretty focused on, I think is using mostly natural ingredients. Like when I read the back of that, um, deodorant that you sent us. Oh, yeah. Uh, seemed most, most most things are natural. I used it a bunch this week, and I was blown away by how long it lasted and how great I smelled throughout the day. So is that because you're using mostly all-natural stuff?
2: No. <laughs> I mean, it's great that the natural stuff does work with like that, but there's some synthetic stuff that works even better because it's so, you know, so synthetic, and so and it's blocking your pores, right, you know, right. the ducts. But... I don't, because, you know, what you're using, what I make is a deodorant. It's not like an antiperspirant. I'm sure an antiperspirant will work better, but you don't want that garbage clogging up your pores and everything like that. You know those. Little, I, don't,
1: I don't use antiperspirant yeah. at all. The, the little tumors people
2: use, you get under their arms and whatnot are typically yeah, caused by yeah. antiperspirants. So what I'm doing is just deodorizing your sweat. That's <laughs> what it all comes down to. Uh, so if right, you do sweat right. a lot, you're still going to sweat a lot, but sweating is healthy for you. So... I mean, that's why I'm behind that. I don't want to use toxic chemicals on my body. I was almost said chemicals, but everything's a chemical. Even water's a chemical. But I don't want to use toxic chemicals in my products. I don't want to get behind that. And uh, it's amazing the stuff the FDA lets pass. So we just, knowing better, we shy away from that. You know what I mean? And uh, our formulas, again, the deodorant is one of the things I've been doing the longest here. So our formulations are like primo when it comes to a natural deodorant i think so anyways and it also has the uh, potassium aluminate or alum uh which you may see not to be confused with aluminum yep. it's not aluminum it's not the stuff right. you don't alum is right. like the world's first natural aftershave uh it's been being mm. used last 4000 years it's been being used in china egypt for all them types of things water purification it was huge with even the pope at one time had a monopoly on alum and alum is a natural deodorant you've seen it in health food stores it's called the crystal you know that little crystal yeah you just wet it and yeah check it out sometimes yeah, but you wet huh. it you just slide it under your arm and it's it's a crystal it's uh it's a salt okay. crystal for the most it's potassium alum and right. that that's a natural deodorant it's um great for deodorizing it's great for grip on your hands if you're using a razor you rub this cube on your hand first and it gives you grip you won't drop oh, it even at cool. the gym yeah. using that it's also great for curing acne uh, I wish I I wish I knew this in high school, but like back acne, acne even yeah, on yeah. your face, like it's really it's amazing. Women use it too. Interesting, but it has like 101 uses. Barbers used to use it to give you like a light spike, which you can still use. I use it on my mustache when I get out of the shower before I put any wax in. Yeah, yeah. I you know dip my hands in the alum or rub my hands on it and just a little lift and it keeps it together. It's a light hold, but it keeps it trains the right. mustache. Right. While I'm eating breakfast and everything else, then I go back and hit it with the wax after, you know, after all that. Yeah, 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 But Or, you know, light spike. You can rub it through your hair, but there's so many uses for it. But I put that
0: in my deodorant as well. So it's really – I find it super effective. Oh, neat. Yeah. Doug, I wanted to get your take. So you've been using and you've been wise to essential oils for a long time. Yeah. You know, obviously, recently, this has become a monster trend. What's your take on all that? Oh, essential
2: oils are, you know, they're wonderful. They're great. I actually make a lot of my own in hydrosols, which is a byproduct of creating natural oils. I mean, because you're using a still, you're getting a flower water also. You actually get much more flower water or hydrosol than you do
0: essential oil, you
2: have to skim of it course, off the top. Right. So, uh, but, which, but I, so I in turn, is I use the, the intended
0: purpose for like, for guys like you for like, for making perfumes and all kinds of scents. It
2: is, but you know, honestly, synthetic fragrance oils come out of the perfuming industry. They go back almost 200 years now. Gotcha. And so right. there are some things that you need to make synthetically in a lab because the essential oil doesn't exist. Like there's no essential oil for strawberries. There's no way that you would right. get that. You could distill the scent of a strawberry. So for stuff like right. that, you have to uh, create it in a lab. But hmm. but that said, there's good fragrance oils and there's bad fragrance oils. There's good essential oils sure. and there's mm-hmm. bad fra- uh, essential oils. Some essential oils are like I see people e- eating this stuff. During, you should be not drinking <laughs> or using them internally essential oils they're not ma- they're
0: <laughs> so potent you would not want to do that but uh right well that's what i mean i mean, like i mean all of the um i guess kind of the medical use which they're now kind of marketed as i mean just putting little drops here and there yeah and, i you know, would stay away from it that it seems
1: that they they've
0: really marketed them from like this one
1: is good put for whatever put two in your glass then, of water put this on that no i wouldn't do that yep. depending
2: on what it is i really wouldn't do that if if you're thinking of doing that Research whatever essential oil it is. Clove oil, clove essential oils, is great for like a toothache or whatnot for your gums. It'll numb the hell out of your gums. I mean, different ones will do Mm. different things. Lavender oil, essential oil will keep mosquitoes away. Uh, It's also very soothing at night. You can rub some of that in your beard or your mustache, but I wouldn't consume it. Uh, The water, lavender water though, or the hydrosol, that is used in food preparation, like rose water and whatnot. That's used for cooking as well. But like that, the pure essential oil can be very dangerous and poisonous a lot of the time too. yes there's a lot of misconceptions out there. people sometimes think essential oils are are better for you than the fragrance oils and sometimes it's not necessarily that the case at all
1: so another thing i'm curious about doug is you seem like a a smart guy a charismatic guy (laughs) have you ever considered kind of getting your product into the marketplace by starting a multi-level marketing company slash cult
2: no i've (laughs) never thought about doing a multi-level marketing uh Slash cult at all. Well, actually, no, that might not be true. There might be an episode of our show where we actually put one together. But uh, no, there was actually an aftershave company that was in, uh, or it was a cosmetic company slash aftershaves that was was doing that back in the day. I'm trying to think of the name of it. They're still around. Uh, Starts with Hmm. an A. They had decorative bottles. They were competing with Avon. I I have a few. I just can't think of the name of it off the top of my head. But no, I'm I'm not interested in doing that.
1: Like, yeah, when you get into this space, stuff can very quickly get weird in that world. So w- do you have a take on that whole industry?
0: Well, cause, yeah, because you're right, because it's highly um, self-care. Like, there's a, th- th- that is a big part of it, right? Like, <laughs> no, yeah.
2: but no one likes them. It's always like, I'll get a friend like, hey, dude, I'm having a party this weekend. <laughs> you want to come? I'm like, yeah, I'm there. I show up with no the wine. Them. All of a sudden, like, I'm sitting down watching a movie or like... Like, wait a minute, and then it's like, oh, but now I'm a little more hip to this stuff. Like, I know exactly. I, I started asking questions, like, well, what kind of party is it going to be? Is it going to be a sexy party, <laughs> or we do? What are we talking? About? You know, like, so. But it happens. You see that? I've been, yeah, I've I've been caught up in a couple of those things. But no, and for that reason, I would never ever do that to anybody. So, no, that's not going to happen. I'm more interested in getting into the big box stores, which we've been trying to do for the last few years, or malls, just getting on TV, getting out there, doing what the Dollar Shave Club guy did, really. Doing that with traditional wet shaving, which is a better form of shaving, you know?
0: Well, yeah, and I, and I think to go along with that, like, that education needs to happen, right? Because, like, I've had... That's it. I've always had razor burn. Like, that's... Mm-hmm. Like, I've just always had that. That's always been a part of my shaving world. Yeah and i hate it yeah so i don't you know i shave as little as possible because it's always a problem yeah you won't get that with a safety razor granted you're going to need to adjust and learn the technique but it's
2: really it's you'll learn it relatively fast and there's no pressure yeah with the cartridge you get to push down there's no pushing down yes you're letting the weight of the razor do the work for you so yeah if i said anyone listening that has any razor burn or bumps or any of that stuff um, yeah, like that's you need to switch. You definitely need to switch because now it comes down to passes. Like when you're using a traditional safety razor and brush and soap, you would load the brush first on the puck, and then move that over to your face and build a lather on your face. And this action mm-hmm. right here is—it's not only is it stimulating to the skin and prepping it for the shave, it's also naturally exfoliating. So any hairs right. are are, t- are already turning over; it's lifting them up. Um, so,
0: mm-hmm. and then
2: you're using a warm lather, so it's really opening up the skin, you know, it's really softening the skin. It's softening the bristles, too. Right. You need to hit your bristles uh, or whiskies with, with water, with hot water and soap for at least three minutes to soften them up, and what that does is it fattens them up and makes them weaker and easier to cut. So you don't get that with goo in a can. Um, so no. that's another thing. It just goes on cold. Exactly. Yeah. It goes on cold, and because of the propellants, it stays cold. And again, the propellants—I I suspect the dull blades quicker too. So another reason to stay away from that, aside from the fact that you're throwing, it, you're tossing it into the landfill too, and you don't need to. So. Um a brush, soap.
1: This is a bulletproof case, man. <laughs>
2: yeah. So right there, it's already you're doing... Everyone's talking about exfoliation for men, for their skin. You see all these right. exfoliated primes, Stay away from that crap. I'm telling you. Like, people are over-exfoliating their skin. When you walk around and see guys with really shiny heads, like, his, his shiny yeah. foreheads, that's telling me you're over-exfoliating. That's not good for your skin. And so people are already doing right. this. But with a brush, that's all you need. That's all you need. So you're exfoliating now. You're putting on the lather. And then you take the razor and you do your first pass. You do the downward pass. And then... You relather and do your second pass, yep. which is across the grain. And you can go, I could go across this way or I could go across that way, but that's my second pass, and that goes for the neck right. as well. And then third pass, I can do the opposite way or I can go against the grain, and I know that's taboo, and it can be taboo when you're talking about cartridge razors and multi-blades. but when you're using a safety razor, you have more control over it. And again, you can customize the right. shape of your face when you're using the proper tools. Yep. And so, yeah, you go against huh. the grain and you finish off there, and then you, you know, rinse off. Rinse and repeat or rinse off and then slap on an aftershave and you're good to go. But I'm telling you, you take your time with it. I just rush through the whole thing. It's going to take you probably about 10 minutes, 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes mm-hmm, the first time mm-hmm. you're doing this. But you, mm. it gets easy. It's like anything else. It becomes old hat after a while and you're... Sure. And I do it in the shower. I'm a shower shaver. So it's even better for me. Less cleanup. Do you
1: have a little mirror in there? I do. Or do you I just do. go I do. cold? Oh, go no, no, no,
2: no. I, I I have a little mirror in there. I actually traveled with one too. I keep one in my uh, suitcase. <laughs> yeah that's awesome <laughs> suction cups and all that's
1: awesome
0: doug you are the poster child of going against the grain right i love atg it. baby <laughs> so yeah it's really uh it's it's my mission and i
2: i know in the next five years it's really gonna blow up and become mainstream and i hope to be right there when it does yeah, yeah.
1: dude ahead of the curve yeah and that was gonna be my last so, question for you when you look out and see like what is your dream for for where you're going
2: my dream is to really just get it out there, and, and again, do what they're doing with the Dollar Shave Club. Uh, Twenty nineteen, we're looking at getting more, more out there when it comes to like radio advertisements and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. I, I've been shopping the show around, trying to do some variation of it somewhere, uh, because it really is an entertaining show. And we're, we're you know, after two years, we're, we're really getting it together. I've, you know, and I've done all sorts sure. of shows in the past and podcasts. So it's like I'm ready to get out there and just. Be the guy, be the face of it, and or not necessarily yeah, be the man. face, but yeah. at least be the voice of it, and get it out there. And uh, just, I just want people to shave better. I want people to you know stop hurting themselves, and that's what you're doing at the end of the day. And I see it over and over again. Whenever I go to a conference, the first question I ask the audience is, "How many people here think they have sensitive skin?" And nine out of ten hands go up. And it's impossible. We can't all have sensitive skin. What's going on here? Right, right. So it's an easy yeah. sell. At the end of the day, you just, I mean, it's just you try it once, and it's like, oh my god. They've been lying to us like why was i never shown this
0: yeah. right so once it catches on it's, it's dude that's it's really cool fire yeah <laughs> awesome any uh a- any new sneak peek fragrances you're working on you want to fill us in oh, with geesh. anything crazy i mean do you get into any trends you got like christmas blend coming up we or do something? Some, <laughs> but you know you,
2: you laugh but we do actually we're, we're in the hol- halloween season right now so i, I just released yeah atomic pumpkin uh, pumpkin spice. No, no, we don't do pumpkin spice because we are men. <laughs> and uh, no, I actually did do a pumpkin 3.14 about 12, uh, not 12 years ago, but uh, in 2012. But since then, it's like everyone and their mom does pumpkin spice. So it's like I stay away from that stuff. I don't right, want to smell yes. like a pie. I don't want to smell like a cup of apple cider. So we do things a little bit differently. I do Atomic Bay, which is Atom- or Atomic Pumpkin, which is an atomic, I'm sorry, which is a Bay Rum with pumpkin, like a fresh pumpkin in there, but with spices. Yeah, yeah. The spices come from the bay rum, however, like a spiced bay rum. Yes. So there's right, that. Right. So you still have this festive scent, but you don't smell like a, like a pie. Like You don't smell like a little girl or a housewife or a craft store, is what it like all comes down Starbucks. to. Yeah, like a Starbucks. Yeah, you don't smell basic, is what it all comes down to. And then uh, there's another one called So Win, or some might mis- mispronounce it as Sam Hain, uh, which is another pumpkin y type scent, but it's not spicy at all. It's more boozy. Um, there's another one called Cider House Five. Which kind of smells like a cider house in the in the multiverse. So there's a, that's another thing. We have a whole like universe we've created with Phoenix Shaving. There's a lot of stories yes. going on. If you checked out any of our sales pages, I typically go into yeah. like novella mode and end up writing a, a short story. But it's very that's sci-fi awesome. influenced, and there's yeah, there's a whole ongoing story and saga that I don't believe I didn't bring up at all. But like so, it's, we really dork out on a lot of stuff here. <laughs> And I don't think I've told anyone my website, guys, it's phoenixshaving.com. If you're listening, go to phoenixshaving.com and check yep. us out for sure. And, uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. Those are the pumpkin. Those are the Halloween scents. There will be some Christmas ones as well. Uh, but I mean, I have, I've created probably over 150 cents over the last wow. how many Holy years. Smokes. Yeah. Wow. We're now we're back down to like 60, I think, but we have so yep. many options. We have something for everybody truly, um, uh,
0: just because so many were just terrible. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know what it is. This is not a thing about the hobby. I'm telling you, like, it's a better way to shave. You're going to save money and all that jazz. Or you're, maybe you're thinking you're going to save money. You're not. Because it's a rabbit hole. It becomes a hobby now. Right, right, right. You want to own every soap out there. Like, I, my closet is embarrassing. The amount of product I have in there is ridiculous. And it's all soaps, different scents and whatnot. And not only my brands, just like some traditional stuff out there as well. Sure,
1: sure, sure. But it
2: is a rabbit hole. Like, I mean, once it's just a whole other world that us as men in the past, we weren't able to really indulge in this stuff not allowed no. in no it, it was so i'm giving you guys permission that uh it's a whole other world it's just it's just this whole other element that you we've been missing out on that we all need to to check out that's what it all comes down to
0: oh that's awesome yeah, yeah. so that's cool man yeah well thanks so much for coming on today like this was awesome just to get the like education <laughs> lesson from the expert and it is like it's like it's pretty underestimated like all this um you know all of these issues that i think you're totally on par with like just Sensitive skin, yeah. like razor burn, like having all these things with, you know, men's face that we've just dealt with and lived with And accepted. Years, uh, it sounds like a fairly easy fix. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, you're right. And accepted, right? This is what we yeah. do.
2: And it's, it's, it's this a whole big world yeah. out there. <laughs> and uh, again, it doesn't cost much to start up. I do sell starter kits on my site, but you can also find them out there online as well. But um, yeah, and if anyone... I, I should also mention, I'm a really easy person to get in touch with. I'm very accessible. So, uh, you can find right. me on, you know, find me on my site and contact me directly, but I'm always happy to answer any questions that you may have when it comes to learning how to shave properly.
0: That's sweet. Yeah. We'll put all the links on our stuff for you too. Yeah, Excellent. get our people well-connected. <laughs> nice. All
1: right, Calvin. So picking up where we left off, that was a great conversation with Doug, really getting into it, but you got, um, reprimanded by your wife for smelling too aggressive
0: yeah 100 percent.
1: really so here's what, what happened?
0: happened we were we were going to a party on saturday so i um i shaved and i put on a nice shirt and started you know dug deep into the bowels of my my uh drawer and so pulled out some, some new cologne shirt you got uh dude did i tell you about that shirt i saw it, it looks great six dollars at value v Ooh. uh no i didn't wear that shirt actually uh, let's circle back to that it's got a real smell uh those shirts don't they like anything that comes out of that store it has its own very unique smell
1: it's completely it's it's unique but it's the same across every value village. it's like
0: dusty bo i don't know how to describe it it's like it should be bottled somewhere it's horrible yeah it really is i don't understand special. i love those stores i don't understand why they are so dirty Why are they so dirty? Why are the floors dirty there? Like every other store seems to get it together and not have dirty floors. Why is it okay for that store to have dirty floors? They don't even buy their merchandise. They get it for free and then they sell it at 100% profit. What's the deal?
1: I'll pay a dollar
0: more for the shirt.
1: I don't have an answer for you, man.
0: I just don't. Let's move on. Um, Yeah, so uh, yeah, I overdid it with the cologne. Now, to be fair, we went to my grandmother's house Uh, and she hugged me as I entered and she said to me, you smell fantastic. So who am I supposed to believe to
1: test out the cologne, right? And old ladies like a good smell. Ooh, they definitely do. They, they know their smells.
0: Well, they know their smells. That's that, that's, you know, it's in their era to have, you know, a plethora of perfumes and colognes. I also love it. So I was glad that it got, it got recognized and noticed immediately.
1: By the right person.
0: And someone said something, a compliment. (laughs) So after all my lambasting on the car ride down with the windows open, I got a nice little (laughs) thank you.
1: Okay, so this does raise a good question. You know, you were using that really nice sort of aftershave product. Right. So two questions. A, did it feel good? Did it burn in all the right ways? And B, how much did you use? And I guess C, did you think it was too much or did you think it was just right?
0: Okay, here's the thing. Yes, okay, yes, it burned in all the right ways, which was really nice. Um, So I opened the bottle, and I take a little whiff, and I'm like, oh, that's not that powerful. So 100%, I just put on way too much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jared, you know what? Yeah, I
1: definitely put on too much.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but in my defense, like, it didn't smell that overpowering when I was just sniffing it out of the little hole in the bottle. And then, obviously, once it's... Slathered <laughs>
1: appropriately. So, you, so do you think you had like a three to four foot radius of smell? Like how bad do you think it was?
0: You're asking the wrong guy. My senses were completely numbed at that point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess if it wasn't even a
1: car, you easily like you easily had a four foot radius because your arm is like whatever, three feet long, so it would have been probably like a six to eight foot radius. Yeah, but like we discussed in in uh with um or diameter, w- I guess. Yeah,
0: like we discussed with it, I don't think it's always like emitting. I think when you kind of start to perspire, then it like shoots off another blast.
1: <laughs> uh, it's so good. It well, you good. know, the deodorant I was using was actually very, very good, and it lasted a great scent all day. And even if it was my perspiration that was causing it to send off its blasts, I never okay smelled that. the B.O. No, that's totally fine. That's natural. So what what do you think it was your like takeaway from that conversation? Are you going to start doing a little more unique shaving, you think? And will you use this stuff on a regular basis, this aftershave cologne mix? Um I really want
0: to try his recommended safety razor because I think that would be yeah, I like I would love to make uh, more of a ritual out of it. Mm-hmm. And the the main big takeaway that I th- thought about after that interview was He said the warm lather, like there's a real purpose to that to soften the hair and to leave it on there for a few minutes to really um, exfoliate and soften the hair for ease of cutting. That's never been done. And I think that's going to make a huge difference. I would really like to try that.
1: I have really coarse, dark hair. Yeah, I really feel like we could have spent a bunch more time like digging into it. Again, because I have so little facial hair, I don't find a lot of this stuff to be a big challenge for me. But like, you were saying you get pretty sensitive skin. Yeah, I
0: get like like under my neck, right, and chin is where like I, that classic rash, what is it, razor burn, rash comes in. Yeah. So but I you're am, using
1: Harry's right now, right?
0: I'm using Harry's razor. But again, I never know when to throw those
1: razor blades out. Yeah. That's I'm not good, good at that. Yeah. And you're like, there's five of them. One of them's got to be sharp.
0: Yeah. Isn't that true? <laughs> I feel I like mean, that and, has to they, be
1: literally Doug's worst nightmare to hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's anyways,
0: good. so Jar, um, previously our last episode we had um, Calico for BBQ on. Yes. Which was a sweet interview. I thought like it was awesome. He was a really cool dude to talk to. Yes, um, of course. Quick little tale. I found myself into uh. Firing up some nice meat on a smoker this past weekend. First time ever.
1: Please Making tell it me happen. more. All of a sudden I get a picture from you that you got this smoker in your backyard. I'm like, yeah. talk about Ca- someone who is inspired to take action to find some culinary right. adventure in there every day. Cali Comfort Barbecue turned into Cal
0: Comfort Barbecue. Dude, I want to get someone in of his that. PJ pants
1: doing some BBQ on a Sunday. You probably so, okay. got you you probably got to watch how much you advertise that cuz you might get sued by him.
0: That's true. But
1: well, <laughs> we are tight.
0: Good point. Okay, so uh you're probably familiar with the company like office supply company Uline? Yes. You spend a certain amount, they send you a big prize or whatever? Love it. They sent a big box Weber barbecue, one of those classic like spaceship looking barbecues. Yes, which are like charcoal Weber kettle something. Yeah. So I grabbed it, took it home, set it up, psyched, then went online and realized these are like a, they have like a bit of a cult following for doing smoking and and like real barbecue on. So you're telling me that thing's legit Weber? Yeah. It is sweet, Jer. Get out.
1: This isn't some piece of crap. It's nice. I was psyched to grab it. And dude, your barbecue is sweet also that you got like for free from the side of the road. For
0: free, yes, yeah, I got a sweep free barbecue. So I'm doing really well in the outdoor grilling.
1: You yeah, totally are. So, so can you take us through what you did and if it was successful or not? So
0: here's what I did, Jar. I did a ton of googling and YouTube videos to figure out a how do I use this grill to the best of its abilities, right? And b what do I kind of get into first kind of take at smoking now. To be fair, I have done smoking before. I did. I kind of Frankenstein my barbecue and smoked some sausages and some chicken thighs, which I heard were like the ultimate newbie intro. But I right. wanted to do some proper meat, and then now that I have the proper rig, um, so I did some nice beef short ribs. I found that um, I was at my brother's place a little while ago. Heated some, and he said they were pretty easy. Um, mm. So yeah, so I went to that really nice little butcher down the road from me. No, oh, and yeah. I. W- wagon down there saturday morning we picked up some primo beef and paid more than i expected to pay for which has always been the case when i go to a little boutique butcher (laughs) it's always such a dagger you never know right you never know what it's gonna cost just go in with a fistful of cash and expect to be reaching in for more i saw that photo of that
1: little thing care to share what it cost you that little thing was 34 bucks i was about to say 30 and that was my high (laughs) guess i know right uh,
0: so, I mean, yeah, big treat and also like nice to support the business right down the street. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, yeah, so I just did um, like I did a, a brine the night before and let it sit overnight nice. in a salt brine, which I heard was, you know, what you got to do. Um. The nice thing about that butcher, though, is that he did a lot of the prep work. So he cut a lot of oh, that okay. top fat and he ta- cut the back silver skin off, which is a thing, I guess you got to do on ribs and then. Um, So he did a lot of that prep work, which was kind of what I found is a big part of it too. Good value add from him. Great value add. Um, And then, yeah, so just put it on the little smoker. Got it going with some um, briquettes, those charcoal briquettes. And then I had some cherry, cherry wood in my shop, which I cut up some pieces. And I was contributing little cherry pieces for the smoke factor. Really? And then it was a five and a half hour smoke. How and they came br- out beautiful.
1: How many briquettes did you have to throw in there?
0: Uh, I think I loaded up like going. three times all in. Okay. So I was
1: trying to maintain a temperature
0: and I think I had to redo it three times. Not redo and, it, but add three times.
1: And how much? How often did you have to add the, the wood for smoking? I added it twice. Wow. And it was pretty
0: tasty. It was very tasty. It was really, really good. And I had a water reservoir underneath as well which collected drippings, but it also, like, humidified underneath the meat. Look at you go, dude. Dude, it was so fun. Now, there was a lot of babysitting, I will say. I was, like, out there every 15 minutes. Oh, the other thing, that after the first hour, every half hour, I spritzed with, uh, in a spray bottle, I spritzed with um, apple cider vinegar.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah, which I believe that's just... uh Acid to help break down fibers of the hmm. meat, but hmm. that's again, I'd love a question for Cali Comfort. Interesting, very
1: good, yeah, dude. So it was real fun, and I'm like pumped to get back into it again. Nice, that's really good. Um, I, yeah, I love that it, it's so timely, right? When you hear something and just kind of have the opportunity to go do it. So I love that that's when the U line thing came in. I know. Did Uline. you have to like claim it? Thanks for hooking over, it up. Like, were, were you fighting for that thing, or did you just snipe it?
0: Dude, it was easy to claim. Like, there was, wasn't a ton of interest in it. That's I think, so great. I know. because The I mean, universe
1: it, wanted you to have it.
0: I mean, as far as barbecuing, it's, like, pretty inconvenient. Right. To fire on some burgies after work on that thing. Right,
1: right, right, right. Which is it's all a bit we of do a here, as we talked about.
0: Exactly. All we do <laughs> is fire on some frozen burgies on That's our it. gas
1: grill. That's it. Yeah. Um. My little adventure, and since since we, we last chatted, I was in uh, Halifax with work, and I got out to see historic Peggy's Cove. Peggy's Cove, do tell. Um, well, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you go there, and you like look around, and you see the lighthouse, and you soak in the ocean, and that's what it is. And that's okay. amazing, but you're like, all right, awesome, did it, c- cool. Uh, Frick, JR. I feel like embarrassed, but like, I don't even know what Peggy's Cove is. Honestly, it's just like this little tiny little ocean town outside of okay. Halifax that has a famous lighthouse and there's some other geological significance to it. And it's the little town that did its best to put itself on the map and somehow made it. <laughs> <laughs> so is it very like it's just um, boutique little shops, much like Lunenburg-esque? Yeah, but almost even smaller. You like drive out onto this peninsula and there's like f- probably 50 buildings dotting the whole thing and the lighthouse and the little restaurant and the visitor okay. center. And then yeah. there's like 35 residents year-round. So it's like, it's just like this. Wait, w- 35? That's it. It's just like this tiny little knoll. Interesting. I don't even know if that's the right word. but Oh, um, I think that's a great word. Thank you. Um, but anyway, it was really nice because I the drive was beautiful. The leaves mm-hmm. were like just at this perfect moment. I right maybe slightly past their prime, but still really beautiful. So, yeah, I was like on the road, took a nice drive, flew the drone, relaxed. I ate a lobster roll on overlooking oh, the yeah. ocean. I mean, it was just oh, this yeah. perfect little adventure in my work trip. And, uh, you know, not much more to say about it, but I just uh, it, it was really nice uh Jer, years ago when you and I went out out, out east there um
0: <clears throat> we went to Lunenburg because we wanted to see uh the Blue Nose 2 is being restored Correct. in historic Lunenburg so we wanted to go check that out which was really cool and do you remember the other interesting thing that we did in Lunenburg
1: uh no mm, we
0: ate at Subway oh
1: <laughs> that was it. Oh, that I completely forgot about that. B- yeah. I, could you believe they had a subway there, dude? It was so you And was I that. got turkey subs and oh, then we my went Oh gosh. Home. Dude, that was like so epic, man.
0: Dude, I know. There's subways everywhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, that was a good trip. That was a really, really good trip. And it reminded me of that kind of just being out there, which was really fun and also got me kind of nostalgic cuz that was like Almost. I mean, that was like six or seven years ago now. Yeah, I think that was seven years ago. I'm like, we oh, were just, dude. we were just little babies. Don't go down this road. Don't go down no, this I, road. I won't do it. We'll, I'll start to cry. Okay, um, dude. Um, last thing before like, we go. Oh, okay, what? Fine. Go ahead. No, no. I, I, I was gonna do a last thing before we go, so you do it. Last thing before we go, you got to tell everybody about uh, your Halloween rager and how to find adventure during Halloween. This is gonna come out the day after Halloween, but you know, still, still is timely.
0: Oh, okay. Um, Halloween Rager. So we live right in our beautiful little town um, of Port Carling. And then a lot of our friends live in like rural areas around Port Carling that have kids. So they have to come in to our neighborhood to trick or treat. So I think the past, since we lived here, like three or four years, we've thrown a nice little Rager at our house for all of our friends. And then you get to like this is nice home base for trick or treating. And then I get like nice little coffee cups and send people out with beers in it, and it's just great. So define a rager for me when with all these kids around. Okay, a rager with all these kids around means that there's a ton of energy because these kids are jacked up on Smarties. Yes. Yeah, and then there's just a uh, great buzz, you know? So Cue the kids costumes, are absolutely raging, and you're sipping in beer out of out. a coffee cup. You sip beer out of a coffee cup because then you can walk around the street. There's no <laughs> rules.
1: All the rules are out the window. Right, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. forget
0: everything you knew about you know <laughs> skanky Halloween parties
1: the, I love it dude um, well you know we bought a bunch of full size chocolate bars because we're rural as like we're pretty rural and so like if anyone comes we want to give them like a good oh, win
0: oh dude I forgot you did that the full no, one size. Came. no one came last year no one
1: came that's right because
0: I came shortly after your house last year and we were just mowing O'Henry's. <laughs> <laughs> I think we probably still have some so I don't even have to go out and buy any <laughs> uh yeah the dude this is a bad time of year. like yeah I, l- I love those little candies i know i know yeah how's your, how's your workout regime going are you sticking to it
1: um i have been so i just finished block one month number one and uh with my i had kind of two weeks where i was traveling so those that kind of gave me like three days off which was not good and it got me out of the groove but i did Dude, 15. there's a gym in the
0: hotel just for that reason.
1: Well, I know, but I'm like working all day and then late out for dinner and then back to the hotel, so it's it's just excuses that I'm saying right now. But anyway, okay, I'll be sure. I'll be honest. So I did of the four weeks worth of workouts, I did 15 out of 28 days. So that's hey, that's pretty awesome. That's too many days skipped because you're supposed to do it every day. Oh, but okay. right now on this next block, I'm two for two. I love it. So I think I think it's been a good routine for me. So. Okay, cool. Well, I'm I'm encouraging
0: you to just just stick to it. I loved when you came to my house the other day, and I just got to sit on the couch
1: and watch you do it. Well, and that inspired me. And that's how easy it is. Like I can't use the hotel as an excuse. If I can be at my buddy's place, do a quick little workout, oh, even it's yeah, the fun. Just, yeah. So anyway, no, I appreciate the uh, the accountability. It's one of the most important things with uh, a workout plan. Yeah, I know. So. Um, okay,
0: dude. Um, you dressing up tomorrow or what? Like, you like you, you gonna do anything interesting? Like, a little adventure for Halloween or is this just another day for you?
1: I um, we had a little thing at our work the other day, and I dressed up as Michael Scott, and I'll send you the video of what I was looking like.
0: Uh, what What is the thing at work?
1: We basically invited all the families at work to our office at like four thirty, and then they all ran around and trick or treated around our office, and they watched a Halloween movie and ate pizza. It was actually a sweet event. Like the kids did. Yeah It was like Everyone brought oh. their kids in It was so awesome There was like 50 kids In our office Dude that's hilarious It um, was so good
0: That is fun uh, I will Okay Find One last little thing That you'll find hilarious Kate had a doctor's appointment The other day Yeah And uh, she I was gonna just take Noah And go home Yeah But I had a bunch of stuff to do And then sh- we were gonna Just grab some dinner In town after So uh, she just dropped him Off at my office And he just chilled there With me
1: for two <laughs> hours <laughs> In the middle of the day, (laughs) yeah. Oh, that is so good. Uh, That's pretty hilarious. Oh, dude, dude. Okay, so this is the last thing that we got to get out of here. But our trip to Pittsburgh is coming up like fast, and I am pumped for that, and I'm pumped to talk about it on the pod later. I know, I know, I know, dude. Yeah, it's like in two weeks. So we got to get some more plans rolling for that. Seventeen days. Um, but uh, I'm I'm pumped for that. I just want to say that out loud.
0: Okay. Well, hey, thanks for saying it out loud, Jer. I would hate for you to have to keep that
1: bottle up. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, I feel like I was a little subdued today. I'm now like, I'm self-conscious that I have a little bit of a cold in my voice. Do you hear something in my voice that I'm a little chilled out?
0: Just now that you said that, Jer.
1: So yeah, anyways, I mean, so you I,
0: came in, and then like I heard your wife screaming at you, and I
1: figured I was probably just <laughs> something to <do> with that.
2: <laughs>
1: I love when you say stuff like that. That people just have no idea <laughs> if that's true or not, and no matter anything I can say, it does not, you know. There's just oh nothing. no, Jer. no no,
0: uh, listeners, uh, Jared's wife definitely was not screaming <laughs> at him when he walked in. Did that clear it uh, up?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I think we're <laughs> clear now. Uh, thanks everyone for uh, for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed the conversation with Doug. We hope you've been finding adventure in uh, the things that you've been up to, and uh, thanks for listening. We really appreciate you being here with us.
0: Oh, and we appreciate you being a dedicated listener. Go out there and find yourself some more adventure in the everyday.